This is the Kestrel Country Podcast, where we discuss the people, places, and events all around Kestrel Country. Well, Jim, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, So, Jim Miller, tell us, just give us the brief. What What do you do, Jim? Well, uh, currently my employment from employment, I'm the director of business operations for Palouse Animal Wellness and Surgery Center, longtime Moscow resident. Um, both my wife and I grew up here, um, University of Idaho, Moscow High School, 4-H, all those things. And um, yeah, have four kids, uh, two in college now and two in, uh, in, well, one now in secondary and one in elementary. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. What's that? That's got to be a big transition. Two yeah, kids a, in college. And are, big, are the kids in college both here in uh, town? One, one's here. Uh, the first one is here. He's a sophomore at the University of Idaho. And the second just graduated from Logos last May. And she just started three weeks ago at Carroll College in Montana. Oh, wow. And okay. so she's the first one we've really like driven to college and dropped off. Wow. And drove away. And that was a big emotional roller coaster for the parents. Let me I tell believe, you. I believe it. <laughs> yeah few years away from that yet, but yeah. I know it's coming fast. Yeah. Yeah. So grew up here, born and raised mm-hmm. and, uh, pause. So your wife is my wife is Kathy Miller. She's a veterinarian there okay. and I'm employed there for business management. Uh, we've owned the practice for 20 years now, wow. a long time. We bought an existing practice, moved to its current location on main street 17 years ago, built a new building for it and everything. Um, but it's always been my side hustle until about a year ago and we decided it was it had gotten busy enough on the business side that we needed some dedicated business management. And we're trying to leverage doctor time, too. Mm. Doctors are really hard to find, so we need to offload everything off the doctor's plate so they can be in the exam room or in the surgery room. And so we pull everything off we can off of their plate, so it made sense to have business management um, taken care of by myself as an owner as well. And so it's been fun to work in the family business and yeah. Be, I was traveling quite a bit in previous roles. And so nice to be in town and available for kid activities and all that. So yeah, went to the cross country meet last night with Nathaniel. So I was oh, nice. able to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we've been, we've certainly been blessed by pause. That's for sure. Well, thank I, you for, yeah. Thank you for letting us had even like a crazy surgery thing yeah, right, early. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it turned out great. Gunner's doing awesome. Yeah, so that's good. So your wife was being a veterinarian, um, and we were gonna we're gonna talk some about 4-H, um, your involvement with it. Is that something? Did both of you grow up with animals? Grew up in kind of like agriculture, animal side of things, mm-hmm. or we did. So I always say I grew up in academic agriculture. My father okay. was an animal science professor, and that's what brought our family to oh, Moscow wow. was University of Idaho. And so I grew up in academic agriculture, if you will. I was on campus a lot. Um, he was the facility liaison for the meat lab, so I was spent a lot of time there. We always had animals growing up. My parents were 4-H members. My grandparents were 4-H members, so multi-generation 4-H as well. Um, worked on a neighbor's farm in high school and college um, out near where you and you live and my parents live. Yeah. Um, and drove combine and tractor all over these hills and uh, spent most of my career in ag as well and ag retail for CHS. So, yep. Wow. Okay. So what, um, 4-H, let's get into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. What is the, what are the four H's? So the four H's are head, heart, hands, and health. 
Oh, really? Yep. So those never the, knew that. Yep. Those are the four H's. Four H is the largest youth development program in the United States. Wow. It's associated with the land grant institution in every state and facilitated through the cooperative extension system. Okay. So almost every county has a cooperative extension office. 42 of the 44 counties in Idaho have an ex, a cooperative extension office, and they have a 4-H program that's built into that as well. Wow. I never had any idea it was connected mm-hmm. to the university system. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. Facilitated through the university. So part of the land-grant mission, right, the 1862 Morrill Act, which created land-grant institutions in every state, was for agriculture education. And then the Smith-Lever Act, 1914, set up the cooperative extension system. And as part of that, there was the youth development piece that went along with that, which was 4-H. Okay. The goal is to take research and information from the universities and disseminate it to the local population through the cooperative extension system. And one of those um, tactics or strategies is educate the youth so that they can educate the families and parents about new ag programs and Mm. everything. 4-H has come a long way since then. It's not cows and plows or anything like that anymore. That's a big part of it. But there's a huge youth development piece that goes along with that leadership, public speaking, um, all sorts of special interest projects, photography, sewing, cooking, kind of some of the staples. But then they get into rocketry, robotics, all types of things. So it's not, yeah, I I guess I just assumed it was all all animals. Yep, not all animals. Interesting. A large part of it in its base, right, is agriculture, but then it's grown a lot to that. Okay. They, they actually have a lot of after-school programs. They've reached into, the, in, in the state, uh, in Idaho particularly, in other states as well, they've reached into different underserved populations as well. Um, so they're really trying to meet kids where they are in their need for education. Hmm. Wow. So how long have you been, you said you grew up, like mm-hmm. 4-H family, how long have you been involved more, um, what would it be, local leadership? or? Mm-hmm. So um, I've been involved as a volunteer leader for 16 years. Wow. And uh, most of that uh, has been in the Mountain View and then Mountain View Swine Project, or club, I should say. Um, we organized the Mountain View Swine Club as a special interest club. So we have just have one project. Kids can still enroll in other projects and other clubs if they're in our, our club, but we're a a swine-based special interest project group. We take anywhere from 25 kids to 50 kids to the fair every year. Wow. They, they always talk about herding cats. Well, try herding (laughs) pigs. That's, that's a whole nother uh, challenge, but, um, and then, and the kids that go with it. But this year we have 25 kids that are going to the fair with their pig next week. So, and is that, is the fair, um, is that integral to 4-H in most counties, like in every county? Is mm-hmm. that kind of a, a main connection always? That's the main connection. That's the the end goal, right? The, the okay. goal is to complete your project, whether it's a pig or a photography project or whatever, accomplish the steps to get there and then exhibit that somewhere. And that, that uh, exhibit is at the fair. That's okay. the big thing. And for a livestock project too, that's the moneymaker. Right. That's where the sale is. That's that's where you uh, not only show and, and show off your training and how well you've raised your animal, but then you sell and get paid as well. Yeah. So there's the Mountain View Swine. That's you're the head of that mm-hmm. there. Um, what other clubs are there? Just there's are there just tons of them. Yeah, there's. In Latah County, there's six or eight clubs, okay. I believe, usually by town. 
And so there's, there's several in Moscow, there's several others in the, the other outlying communities as well. And, um, yeah. So in terms of animals, is it sheep and pigs? Sheep, pigs, and steers, and steers. Are, are, the big, okay. are the big three. There's poultry projects as well. There's goat projects. And there's uh, some small pocket pets and rabbits. And you'll, at the fair next week here in Latah County, you'll see all types of animals. Pigs is the biggest by number. And then steers and then sheep. But yep. gotcha. there's about 170 pigs this year at the fair. Wow. Which is down a little bit. But is it really? Yep. Uh, usually it's in that 175, 180 range, but down just a little bit, but still a really good showing. So, so what does it take to get involved in 4-H? Is there is it a specific age range? Mm-hmm. Great question. Yeah. So the 4-H year runs September th- or August 1st to September 30th, so it starts a little bit late. Um, uh, or start, yeah, starts late in the year and runs kind of not, not with the calendar year, but more of a government fiscal year. Uh, 4-H members have to be eight on January 1st to be involved. Okay. My kids' birthdays are in February, so they were seven January 1st, turned eight shortly after, so they had to wait the full year before they could actually be involved. But that's how they age everything is January 1st. You have to be eight. Okay. And then uh, you join a club and sign up for a project, and depending on the project, and the club and the leader, uh, you'll have a certain number of meetings that you have to accomplish. And uh, usually it's six meetings minimum and then uh, complete the requirements. Um, the swine project is a summer project. That's why we like it. Uh, it's, it's basically you get your pig on Memorial Day around there and raise it through the fair. So it's prim- primarily a summer project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then maybe I missed it. Did you say what the upper limit is? For kids, the upper limit is 19, I believe. Oh wow! Usually, it's um, once they're done with high school, they are on to college activities. And I've seen a few kids come back their freshman year of college to show at the fair because they've completed the 4-H year mostly during their senior year. But most students will just compete in the fair that fall of their senior year and then graduate from high school and then they're off to college. So okay. So mostly for swine, mostly summer project. Mm And what's the goal? I mean, you hear a lot about kids not make or pigs not making weight, That's the big right? Yeah. So yeah. the big thing is weight. Yep, the big okay. thing is weight. So you have to have your animal for 100 days, and so you purchase your your animal roughly around the Memorial Day, first uh, of June, and then raise it. Uh, the The goal is to simulate a market situation where you're okay. you have a target of producing an animal for food at a certain date. So you kind of back all the steps up and you you need to have a pig that was born on this date that you purchased that date that you make sure is raised well and healthy and fed well and vaccinated and dewormed and everything so that you can meet your production goals by the fair production goals that Latah County has set up. And it's pretty similar in most fairs. Minimum weight is 230 pounds. Maximum weight is 290 pounds. Okay. You can still sell above 290 pounds, but you just get paid on that, uh, that 290 weight. Gotcha. That's the target range for meat processors in the industry. That's the range they want to see those animals in when they are harvested. Hmm. And then, so you get paid per pound? Mm-hmm. You get paid per pound at the auction. 
So the auction's a great opportunity for local businesses like Kestrel Real Estate to, to be involved and support some of the community. But the auction is on Saturday of the fair, okay. and the kids will sell. And regular auctioneer, just like a farm auction, you know, the real fast talker, singing kind of thing that the auctioneers do. It's a lot of fun. So when a business gets involved... Like uh, we should, yeah, right. Like, so like what you, do you like? You will. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Is it just buying? You're showing up and buying something, or are you sponsoring particular kids, or how? Like, how does that work? Yeah, great question. So there's a there's a couple different ways, and I'll explain it, and you can ask questions on it because it's a little bit complicated. There's a, there's a number of ways. So you would sign up as a buyer, and then during the auction, you would bid on an animal and purchase that animal. Now, purchasing that animal just means you're, you agreed $3 a pound or whatever. That's kind of the, the, um, the level that pigs go at. I'm going to pay $3 a pound. Now, there's a couple options there because you might be saying, what am I going to do with this whole pig? I don't know what I want. I don't, I don't need the meat. I don't want, what do I do? Right. If you want to keep the pig, uh, there are local processors that would take care of that animal for you. So you wouldn't have to handle it or, or um, deal with it or anything you would just make arrangements and it would be taken to a processor and processed to your specifications so that's one thing you can do the other thing you can do is turn the animal meaning i'm willing to pay this price but i don't want to keep it i'm just here for the support of the kid and for the advertising value for my business so i'm going to turn it and there's a a packer that has agreed at a floor price they're going to buy every animal that's turned so floor price is usually 50 cents to a dollar. The business pays the difference. Then they turn it back to the packer. Gotcha. And the packer takes it for the dollar, whatever, and then they process it and put it into their inventory. Gotcha. So, And then the third option you can do, if you don't want to buy or anything like that, you can also do add-on support to kids where if you know kids, like local kids in your community or your school or whatever, and or clients, you can say, I want to add on to the sale price and support those kids $25 or 50 cents a pound or whatever. And that's a mechanism that you can do there as well. Okay. So those options, gotcha. that'll make yeah. sense. It's lots of yeah, different options, but yeah. So like the local, is it like what well, we've got CNL mm-hmm. around here? CNL is outstanding. Uh, Vandal meets on campus is no okay. outstanding processor. Potlatch pack four friends in Clarkston. So I, they I all get involved in the, lo- yeah. in the late yeah, fair. They, they do. It's, I know it's always their busy season, yeah, right? Because like I've busy. had animals or in the past we've had sheep that like we were going to take them and it's like it's got to be well after fair season exactly. before they're willing to do anything. Exactly. It's, it's, uh, it's big. Yeah. yeah. I imagine with 100, you said 160? 160, 170, yeah. This year? Mm-hmm. Wow. How long does that take? What's the sat? Are you there all day? The, the auction's pretty fast. Um, it starts at two o'clock in the afternoon this year. They're, they're changing the time this year, but it starts at two o'clock in the afternoon and will be done by about six. So about four hours they run. Okay. They run about 250 animals through between the pigs and then the steers and the sheep as well. Wow. <laughs> what's, um, what's the rest of the time commitment look like? So you've got, you pick up your pig in May. Mm-hmm. And then are there regular meetings that you mm-hmm. attend? Mm-hmm. So our club has a meeting every two weeks, okay. an evening meeting. We schedule about nine meetings a year. The, the requirement for 4-H is you attend six of them. So we have a lot of them. So you can hit summer vacations and all that. But attend meetings during the year. And then the big commitment is raising that animal, making sure it's fed and watered. Pigs are awesome. They 
can survive really well on a self feeder and a self waterer. We keep our pigs at my parents' property out of town, close to yours. And it's really nice to to have them out there. We live in town, which where we obviously couldn't have pigs, but uh, nice to have them out there. We're out there about every two or three days. So it's not something where you have to be there every day. You can, but you don't have to. Yeah. So you raise that animal, attend the meetings, and then closer to fair, about 30 days out, we start working with our pigs every day, taking them for a short walk, doing some training. You're herding that animal in the show ring to show it off. Your goal as a pig showman is to present your pig the best you can to that judge. And then you're ranked higher in the quality. Gotcha. So So training a pig, that looks like basically just guiding them around. Guiding them around. Exactly. Yeah. Making them stop and start on your command. It's a little bit like herding cats, but you're just helping the pig with kind of making it feel like it's decision to wander through the show ring at the right time. But um, you can really tell the kids who've spent time with their animal versus ones that just pull them out of the pen, take them to the fair and try to show them. Um, It's a little bit of a rodeo with them. The ones that are trained are a little more willing to, um, to take direction. Hmm. So interesting. And then the big thing is the fair. It's a, Wednesday drop off two shows during the week on Thursday is quality Friday is fitting and showing and then Saturday with the sale and then Sunday wrapping things up and turning record books in and everything. So are they what they're showing them, but then are they showing them again for the auction? Mm-hmm. Okay. The, so they'll, the kid will be out there. The kid so takes it through the them around. Yeah. They spend the auctions really quick. They're, they're in the ring for about a minute, right? They're just walking through making two loops and then they're out. So that part of it's pretty quick. The show itself is a 20 to 30 minute show where they're in with the ring with about 15 other kids. Oh, wow. And um, that's where it's real important to have that pig pretty well trained so that you can be rise to the top, right? If you're just lost in the fray of that mess of pigs, then your animal isn't get, getting shown to the best of its ability or best of your ability and that judge won't see it. Hmm. So, yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. It, it the, the budget too, I'll mention that real quick. Uh, pigs are relatively expensive and a little bit expensive up front, but overall we tell families to budget about $500 for expenses for the animal and the feed. Those are the big things. Okay. And then the sale, uh, we've never had anyone not sell and we've never had anyone lose money. So biz- the local business community is amazing in this, in this town. They come out and they really support the kids. Kids are usually getting around $800 for their animals. Okay. So they're making a little bit of money. Uh, some get a little more uh, as well from add-on support or whatever. And it's been a really good money maker for my two kids in college. They've paid for part of college by raising pigs wow. for eight or 10 years. So, yep. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. I know my daughters have expressed some interest in it and, uh, you know, like we've got some property, so that we've done the sheep thing but never for 4-H. And is that, I know you maybe haven't been involved as much, but is that basically the same, same idea? Very, very similar. So when I was a 4-H member, I showed sheep. I didn't, okay. I didn't show pigs. And a very similar process. It's a summer project again. You have that animal most of the summer. You spend a lot of time training it. I think you spend more time training for sheep than you do for pigs. Really? And more time with the fitting as well, getting getting them ready for the, the shows. But a uh, similar thing. I think pigs are a little more lucrative for the kid as well. You take a 300 pound pig at $3 a pound, you know, that's 
do the math right, roughly $900. Take 130 pounds sheep at $3 a pound, just your your gross isn't there, right? So yeah, yeah the, the potential for more money is, is a little greater with pigs, but well, it's, it a, real, it's like a real good project too. Some of it, I don't know if it's cultural or whatever, but people don't eat as much lamb exactly as, as they do. Yeah. So you might have fewer buyers mm-hmm. or that kind of thing. I mean, lamb, if you go to the store, it's super expensive, yeah. but yeah. not necessarily as big of a market for it. Exactly. Yeah. We love it. That's why we've mm-hmm. raised sheep just because we mm-hmm. really love lamb, but mm-hmm. yeah. Pigs are really social creatures too. So you need to raise two of them. If you just have one kid, for example. And so you need to raise two of them and you can raise two of them. You can identify two. And then if one doesn't make weight, you can take the other one if it did or whatever. Um, We call it a floater pig. And so, so double your budget. Uh, But usually for us personally, that floater then goes into our freezer um, or part of it goes to grandma and grandpa for a thank you to, for the letting the kids raise the pig there at their property or whatever. So, yeah. And what is the processing fee generally? It's a good question. I, Vandal so, brand meats is my personal favorite go vandals. Um, but I think they charge a flat rate of 220, $250 or something like that. Okay. To, to so it's not necessarily per rate. pound. No, it's, it's a flat fee. Gotcha. Most, most places are a flat fee. Okay. Yep. So when you're not doing uh, is when you're not doing the summer project, are there other 4-H activities throughout the year? Are there things that kids get involved with? Or? There are. There's lots of opportunities for kids to be involved in a lot of 4-H events, um, both at the club, the county, and then the state level. And most of those are winter projects. Uh, a lot of the other clubs meet throughout the winter. We don't, but a lot of the other clubs meet throughout the winter. And there's local judging contests, there's public speaking training, there's, as members get older, there's some other activities, there's a state 4-H conference that happens, um, there's some programs where you can be a state 4-H officer, I was a state 4-H officer when I was in 4-H, um, there's national events, there's national conferences, mm-hmm. um, one of the things I did in college was took a year off and I worked in Washington, D.C. at the National 4-H Center, and the, the National 4-H Center is a training campus for national 4-H events and we would host student groups 4-H groups from all over the U.S. uh, to come in for leadership training or citizenship training in Washington D.C. all those all those pieces so lots of events that are available wow excellent scholarship building opportunities as well Mm. yep community service all, all types of things looks really good on resumes yeah. Are there any fees associated with it? There's there's a local dues to enroll of $25 per member. Some clubs have additional dues above that. We don't. Some do. Most events are fee-driven as well. Okay. Yeah. It's about 80,000 4-H members in Idaho. Wow. There's about 6 million 4-H members nationwide. That's what makes it the largest youth development program. And... They've done all sorts of studies on 4-H members. Anytime a a student is involved in a career and technical education type program like 4-H or FFA, we could talk a whole program about FFA and the new Moscow FFA chapter and all that that's that's here at Moscow High School. But anytime a student is involved in those type things, they're more likely to give back to their community. They're more involved in their community. In Idaho, if you're a if you're a 4-H member, you are, go on to post-secondary education about 76% of the time versus the state average of 49% or something like that. Uh, so you're, you're, you're a little, you're hands-on 
and community involvement goes back to make you successful in school as well. Yeah. Well, it's such a, a huge part of our community, obviously, just the agriculture. Um, and one of the things that is fun about not having grown up here, but moving out here is just that um, experience kind of of eye opening of like realizing how big of an important part of that is of our community. And um, yeah, it's, it's really neat to have that ability for kids to get involved. Mm-hmm. And I know that generational handoffs and things have been a major issue in agriculture. Right. So I imagine that getting kids involved and passionate about it early is pretty important. Absolutely. And it's really interesting to see as we, as a society are removed from the farm, we don't realize where our food comes from. And it's really good to have some education to get back involved in that. Like this is the process. This is where food comes from. I'm raising this pig as food. So I need to take extra good care of it along the way to make sure that the consumer has a really good product in the end. Yeah. So all that's real important. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, how do people get in touch if they're interested? Where do they find out more? How do they contact you at Mountain View Swine Club? Yeah, there's there's a number of ways to get uh, in touch with us. Um, you can reach out to me directly or as a leader, and I can put you in touch with other um, other club leaders as well. That's a really good start. Or our Latah County Extension Office is a great resource as well. And uh, they they administer the whole 4-H program. All the enrollment goes through them. They're located just downtown on Almond Street. And um, so that's a, another really good resource. The University of Idaho oversees the whole program. There's a state 4-H office just right here on campus. Okay. And so they can help as well. Where on Almond Street is that? They're in the county building. Oh, okay. That's on Almond Street there okay. where the DMV, yeah, DMV is. Yeah. I always have to think about that because my wife is a DVM and the DMV Department of Motor Vehicles. So I have to think. Well, and they're moving. They bought <laughs> they the, moving. the right. old Wells Fargo. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, yeah. yeah. Well, very good. So when is a good time? I know you said it's a summer project. Mm-hmm. When would be a good time if kids are, again, this is just me more selfishly. <laughs> yeah. When your kids are involved. ready, Mike, to get involved. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the sooner that you enroll after October 1st, the better. Okay. And there's a number of reasons for that. One is you're involved, you're enrolled in the system. So you start to get all the emails, the information about events, all that stuff. So you feel like you're part of that 4-H community from the beginning of the year. Right. And then the, the pig project, even though it's a summer project, you need to get on a waiting list with a breeder early so you can get a pig. Usually we get on those lists in January. Okay. So roughly by January 1st ish, you need to, be enrolled in the club um, for a pig project. Let me know you're interested. You and I would work together to select a breeder that's good for you and your family and get on their list. And then that's a, then we have a few meetings in the late spring to make sure facilities are set up, make sure you're ready to feed them, all that. So when you get that pig roughly on Memorial Day, you're ready to go. You have the pen set up. You have the feed in the barn, all those things. So gotcha. you're off and running. So even yeah. though it's a summer project, it's commitment like all, all year round pretty much. Yeah. Very good. Well, thanks Jim. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me. It's been it super interesting. Yeah. Excited for the fair. Very excited. We, Hope we to always, see you there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've never been to the auction. Obviously I didn't know what all that was about, but we always love going to, I, 
the animal barn's my favorite part. Yeah, that's great. Kids, I think, love the rides, but yeah. I just love seeing all those animals. So, that's yeah, good. we'll good. be excited for it. And that is this year, it is, is it next weekend? Ne- next week, yep. Next uh, week. We take the pigs on September 14th. The, the shows start Thursday the 15th, and then uh, fitting and showing on Friday the 16th, the auction on the 17th, and wrapped up on the 18th. There so, you go. Yeah. It's a busy week for come, you. Come support some kids. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Sounds good. Thanks again. Thanks for joining us. Like, share, subscribe. We'll see you next week.